What is good, everybody? It is your man, Izzy, right here on the Red Zone Report on the Built-In Buffalo Network. And we have just concluded the NFL draft yesterday. Let me make an adjustment real quick. See if I can't. Nah, that's going to have to be it. So the Bills went and had a draft that I, I would say most of us did not expect. Um, the cornerback in the first round, like all of us expected, uh, it wasn't the one that everybody thought it would be. But, you know, I'm happy with the result either way. We went and we got a defensive back. You know, we, uh, we, we got ourselves a running back. We got ourselves a linebacker. We got ourselves an offensive lineman. Uh, we got ourselves a receiver. We went and got the punt god. You know, like, what's the hate about this draft? I am I am exceptionally enthralled by this whole thing. The whole draft is just a beautiful thing. For me, it was, uh, it was positive, and it was mind-boggling and baffling, but at the same time, I can see the direction that they're going. I can see what they intend with uh, the, the draft picks because really our only glaring hole was cornerback. And in the first round, selecting Kyer Elam out of Florida was the move. So who could be mad at that? You know, I'm not mad at that. I actually mocked him on my mock draft on Twitter on April 11th. So if you go to at, TF, or at TFP Recon on Twitter, you go back to April 11th, you'll see my mock draft, and I actually drafted him. So we'll take that for what it's worth. I'm happy to uh, to have been right on that occasion. But, you know, being right isn't always a good thing. So we will see how he turns out and how he affects his team, whether it's positive, negative, or otherwise. Um, I think that he shows incredible work ethic. Uh, on his way to the facility after he was drafted, he requested the playbook be put on a plane for him. If that doesn't scream to you, this guy is dedicated, then this might. Brandon Bean had a video put out. This might this might actually convince some people that this guy is really trying to, uh, you know, put in that work. When they interviewed him, they had him in the room. He had a notebook, a notebook of plays that he could have done better on, notebook of plays where he felt he failed. What he failed at, when he failed at it, was it timing? Was it the action he took, whether it was trying to bat the ball, trying to pick the ball, whatever it was? The man had a book of every play that he missed or that he thought he could have been better on. How crazy is that? That's nuts. That, that, that is work ethic. 101. Like If you want to show you the guys that are taking you that they should be taking you, that's the way you do it. We got the comments in here real quick. I'm going to go ahead and acknowledge my guys. I got Daniel Garis in here. Go Bills. Daniel. I got John Marlowe Marlow again. Uh, B-plus with the upside to our drafted players. All right. I see you, baby. All right. We got the draft was this weekend. I had no idea. What? Daniel, don't say that so. John Marlowe, I like both our first two picks. SEC guys, okay, yeah, look, SEC guys, they see all the competition. I don't know why I'm itchy. Antihistamine might be needed. Um, but it was a good draft for the Bills. Yeah, it was a solid draft. Uh, it got graded as C by somebody. I don't know who that was. I don't know if they're smoking, but whatever. 
Uh, maybe it's because, you know, we didn't have a fourth-round pick, and they might not agree with a third-round pick, which I didn't either at the time because Leo Chanel was on the board, and I really wanted him. But they took they took a linebacker. It uh, wasn't the one I thought it was going to be. It was Mr. Terrell Bernard. And, you know, I could be wrong. You know, I didn't know who Matt Milano was when I drafted him, and I was pleasantly surprised. So there's that. Uh, Scott Blakely says, I absolutely love this draft period. I think it was good. Spin grades it. Round one, A. Round two, A minus. Round three, C minus. Round five, B plus. Round six, A plus, B plus, and C minus. Uh, I don't know if I give uh, the cornerback in the sixth round a C minus because he probably won't be playing cornerback. Uh, I found that out a little later today. Um, but I had already made my stuff on here, so it's just going to say cornerback whenever he's up there. But he, he could be a guy who projects well to safety. So that's good. They said they gave Josh another weapon in Cook and added a wide receiver position, and they're fast. They're fast. I love that they added speed. Sophia Leonardo. I thought I clicked it. Plays from all his games. Yep. Plays from all his games where he thought he failed. Kyrie Elam had a notebook. What could I do better? How could I be better? Why did I fail at this? And you know what? Not mad at it. And then... I believe the Bills iced the cake. That is the perfect way to phrase what the Bills did. The Bills were already practically Super Bowl bound. They were already a great team. Already had the number one defense. We were missing a corner because Trey White's injured. You drafted a corner who's now going to take over that number two spot so long as he can beat out Dan Jackson, which he probably should be able to with a you know, first-round pick. Uh, yeah, no, I like it. All high IQ guys. High character, like Marv Levy picked. Plus, these guys are smart. Not just that, but they're all fast. They're all fast. When I go through these guys, because I'm going to go through each pick. I'm gonna, I am gonna. I got a slideshow that I made with the, um, the information on the players that the Buffalo Bills website made. And then I also put their 40 times in the description of my little, you know, thing in the corner here. This thing over here. When I put that up. You'll see there 40 times because I put them on there. The only one you won't see is our third-round pick. He did not participate in the 40-yard dash. That's the only one. My man, Akeem, founder of Built-in Buffalo. Solid B. Terrell Bernard, we'll see. We will. You know, um, that's where I'm at with it. I wanted Leo Chanel. He was still on the board. Leo Chanel was still on the board. Um, and that, that was my guy. That, that was the guy who I was really, really pounding the table for. And we didn't get him for what reason. I don't know. No, Bernard was our third round pick at 89. But Leo Chanel was still on the board. He shouldn't have been there. Leo Chanel was like the 35th ranked player by PFF and like the 40th ranked player by the Draft Network. And he was still on the board at 89. And we didn't take him. And I was upset. I was uh, that, That's the one I was upset at. Like, he's there. And you didn't take him. That, was, that had me a little ugh. And the OT gets a C grade. I don't know. Uh, the tape on him is good. The tape on him is good. And I'm taking that information from cover one. Uh, those guys, they're, they're tape watchers. They, they get there and they watch the tape. His measurables aren't that great. His arms aren't that long. But the way to describe it on tape, that guy can always put his hands on somebody and is always making the block. Uh, they said he's very efficient in his movements, and they said that he does not waste steps. So if he can be efficient at this level, you never know. My man, Mike. Yo. 
All right. Tell me how we have the Josh Allen of kicking, the Josh Allen of punting, and the real <laughs> Josh Allen. All right, Mike. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. My man Kim Boomhauer on here. Considering our spots in the draft, we could have done. We couldn't have done better. I think we could have on a third round pick. Uh, that's about it. I think that most of the picks were solid. Uh, Parham was on the board of that pick. Would have made this an A plus plus plus. I'm with you. If if Parham was there, eighty nine. Then I missed on that one. But I was so focused on Leo Chanel as a potential Edmonds replacement after this year. And then the Chiefs got him. Oh. All right. There we go. Also, son of a coach. He is. Yeah. So just like I tell you guys, support your fellow, you know, Bills uh, content creators. I do that. I watch those shows, you know, in my downtime. If I'm taking a shower, I'll have, you know, one of their shows up. I'll have one of our shows up. I'll put whatever is on. If, if the topic is of interest to me, then I'm watching it, right? And generally speaking, I don't watch a lot of their film study videos, but when they talk about players, they'll usually bring up the film. And, you know, there's a couple of guys over there that I do really like. Uh, some of them, eh, but, you know, there's some guys out there that I really like, and when I like somebody, I'm going to go ahead and pay attention. Damn, man. Damn. <laughs> that had to boil your booty. Really did. I think Ford getting another chance this year because Bean wants to or wants no white egg. No, we got uh, we brought Bates back on a four year deal, and then we picked up Roger Saffold. So Ford's gonna have to beat out Saffold because Bates got paid. That's that's just the, the the way it goes. We're gonna get into these picks. Right? I made a little slideshow. The pictures were on a. Uh, on the Bills website and on Facebook. So I just saved them and made this little slideshow. So here we go. Our first round pick, rookie out of Florida, obviously rookie, is um Kyir Elam. He's six foot one, one ninety one. He's from Riviera Beach, Florida, went to Benjamin High School, went to University of Florida, and clearly drafted by us in the first round this year. That man is an animal. And he studies. He's a stewardive. Is it, is he, yeah, that word is not coming off my tongue well. But he is a student of the game. He really wants to be better. Says he finished his UF career with six interceptions in 35 games. Added 79 tackles, 52 solo, 2.5 TSL, TFLs, so tackles for loss, it says six INTs again, but they already said that. So the, I guess the Bills kind of double-dipped on that statistic. And 26 passes defended and one fumble recovery. All right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. I'm down for that. Kyrie Elam was a very promising prospect. So if you haven't heard, his father's son, growing up with his father and uncle, who both played football professionally, so both his dad – and his uncle were in the NFL, so he's got bloodlines in this league. He's got bloodlines. He might be. We'll see. He didn't fall this far because he was Creed Humphrey, but we'll see. We're going to get to that. We're doing this in order. Right? So his, his parent 
His father was a professional football player. His uncle, a professional football player. And the name is pronounced Kair Elam. Right? He, he pronounced it for us, but I already knew how it was pronounced. I have a, a cousin down the line whose name is Kair. Uh, and it's Kai, K-A-I, ear. And he said it like the word ear in Spanish, which means to go. So Kair, Elam, like Jason Elam, the kicker. So Kair Elam. If anybody's wondering, that's how it's pronounced. So with the bloodlines, with the work ethic instilled in him by his parent and his uncle, his father, I keep saying parent, but I want to say parents because it just feels more natural, but it's just one parent, his dad and his uncle. They let him know. They taught him what it is to be a professional athlete. This guy is coming here ready to be a professional athlete. He has the example in-house to know what it means to be a professional athlete. He was raised in it, right? He is the bane of quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? You adopted the darkness. I was born in it. I was bred in it. I was made in it. It's my home. That's this guy right here. This guy right here is going to be a beast for us. Plus, he's good in man coverage. He's really good in man coverage. And I'm going to go ahead and put it up. Because right, I made these banners, and I'm gonna, I'm damn sure going to use them. Cornerback, Kyrie Ilum from Florida, ran a 4-3-9, making him the fastest cornerback on our team. Making him the fastest defender on our team. 4-3-9. So, whoever's doubting this kid, stop it right now. Stop it. Stop it. And we got one up here. Believe me, Davis is working out like he is on a contract here every year. Yo, uh, Gabriel Davis is, is, is pumping it. Him and Josh Allen, working hard. Josh looks swole. That's messed up, bro. That's messed up. Kair Elam is going to be a animal. So long as he keeps up that work ethic and doesn't let it go to his head, which he's got the right folks in his ears to make sure it doesn't. He's got the right coaches to develop corners in Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott. He's going to develop just nicely for us. I, he's got all the traits, the speed, the twitch, the height, the, the weight. He tackles. Now, he doesn't particularly like tackling running backs, but... Hopefully he won't have too much now this year. We have Tim Settle and Daquan Jones on our defensive line. They should make his job easier. He should just be able to focus on covering, and if he does screw up, tackling the guy who caught the ball over him. This kid, I think, potentially a steal of the draft. Everybody was talking about Andrew Booth, including me, but I also was very weary about the injury, and that's probably why he fell into the second round. I am happy with the pick 100%. Now, this isn't our only pick. Heck, this might not be some of your guys' favorite pick. But we did take another pick in the second round. Uh, it wasn't what I expected. I expected to be one of the linebackers like Lewis Chanel, who I thought was going to go early second, and he went late third. Crazy. But James Cook, brother of Dalvin Cook, running back out of Georgia, ran a 4-4-2. The young man is fast. The young man can move. Now, he's 5'11 and 190. What does that tell you? Well, he may need to put on some weight if he's going to be running between the tackles because he's 5'11 and 190. So he's not like 5'8, 190 where that weight is more distributed and he's a little thicker. He's a leaner back. 
he's a guy who's going to be coming out the backfield to catch the ball. Him and Devin Singletary are most likely going to be a one-two punch. Right? Devin Singletary will be the guy who takes the load off and smashes people. And this is going to be the bake or the, the shake, right? Shake and bake. This is shake. Singletary's bake. Singletary will, will clobber you up the middle. He'll get the tough yards. This kid's going to be the passing threat. Which one is going to mean more to this offense? Quite possibly the passing threat. He can run, mostly outside the tackles, but he can get in there between the tackles. If you get him between a tackle and guard, you're not going to want him directly up the middle uh, going against you know the big guys like uh, Aaron Donald and uh, you know the Anamakin Sus and the Vita Veas of the world. But you're going to want him you know, outside burning gas. That's where he's going to be. Let me see. Uh, we got some comments going on here. Yep. Okay. So Buffalo fans said Kyrie Elam's fast as hell, 43940. And a great press corner who's willing to get better. Hey, sweetie. I love you. Pull it out. And yeah, and then my man down here, Buffalo fan seven one six. Wait till he's coached up. Absolutely, absolutely. Every team will fear our secondary like they do already. No safety show me sign. Show me. Ugh. No safety shows me the sign. Poyer. I'm happy with that. And Knox. There we go. And here we go. Talking about the current player we're talking about in uh, my Georgia boy here. James Cook, he's a passing weapon for Josh Allen, and that's true. He can line up in the slot. He can line up outside. One second. He can line up in the slot. He can line up outside. He can line up at running back. He can line up just about anywhere in the offense and kill it. That's what he does, right? So if I look here, he appeared in 50 career games during his time at Georgia, and totaled 1,503 yards and one and 14 touchdowns on 230 carries. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. And he had to split time there, too. So there's a lot of tread on these tires, right? He, he's he, There's a lot of tread on these tires. I'd be happy if he's Thurman 2.0. Look, Thurman Thomas is a Hall of Famer. Let's give the kid a break, all right? Relax. <laughs> Relax. Uh, I, I hope so. I'm with you on there, but Let's 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 take a chill pill right there, right? Thurman, Thurman, some big shoes to fill. But on 230 carries, 1,500 yards for you know 14 touchdowns, that's not bad. Plus, there's not a lot of wear and tear on him, like Devin and Zach had coming out of Utah and uh, Florida International. He's got plenty of tread on the tires, right? He's, he's got a he's got a brand new set of wheels. There's no reason why this kid can't carry the ball. Plenty for us. And then Cook adds another dimension to the offense. Great hands like a wide receiver. Yes, exactly. Exactly. The kid is good. And he's following his big brother, as it says right on here. It says he's following his big brother's footsteps, right? His brother is Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. Let's hope he's not the glass cannon that Dalvin Cook is, because Dalvin Cook is a monster when he's healthy. The problem is, can't stay healthy. 
Cook, though, is a three-time Pro Bowler, even with the injuries trouble. If we can get this guy to put in work and not worry about the injuries, then I'm a happy man. You get him 15, 20 touches a game, and that might not even be possible with all the weapons we have. It might be some games he's getting 15 to 20. It might be other games where he's getting 5 to 10, maybe just 5, you know, like – as long as he's explosive, we have so many weapons on this team. It's ridiculous. Isaiah McKenzie, Dal- uh, James Cook, Diggs, Davis, Knox, Singletary. And then the wide receiver we added later in the draft, which we'll be going over soon. No shortage of weapons. No shortage of weapons. I really I really like this pick. Uh, it's not what I wanted. I, I, I will say that, and I'll be honest. But I will take it. I will take it, and I will take it with a smile. All right. So the next player we took is one that I don't know a whole lot about. Really don't know about, much about this guy. He played at Baylor. He's a linebacker. Got crazy hair. Uh, he's 6'1", 224, so he's a Matt Milano-sized guy, which throws me off. But, you know, I'll take it. But he played in 45 games during his collegiate career at Baylor. He totaled 320 total tackles, 171 of which were solo, 22.5 tackles for a loss. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. 12 sacks, okay, from a linebacker spot at that weight. That's if he played 45 games. That's three years. That's four years. That's four years. So he played all four years. And that's three sacks a game, or three sacks a year for a linebacker. That ain't bad. I, I, I can take that. Uh, he earned his first, earned first team All Big Twelve honors. See, this is where this is where it's tough for me because the Big Twelve isn't really defense city when it comes to, you know, college football in general. Like it's kind of where a lot of the weaker defenses rest, right? And I'm more. Uh, the reason why I wanted Chanel, he played at Wisconsin, right? You have a lot more pro-ready teams or pro-scheme teams there, Michigan, uh, Ohio State, Penn State. you got teams that you're going up against that really know how to run the ball, throw the ball, and you have to really break down what you're seeing. Uh, at Baylor, you know, there's not a whole lot of running going on in the in the Big 12. It's, it's mostly a passing conference. So – you know, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Daniel Garvey's got an interesting comment here. Bernard could signal a chance or change in the defensive scheme more four three, or could he be used in the big nickel? He, he probably could be using the big nickel. He's the right size for it. Uh, we don't have a forty time on him because he did not participate in the forty yard dash. That's what the DMP is for. Um, he graded well at the draft. Uh, he, he's got the thing on the side here. Bernard didn't just. Earn the respect of his teammates at Baylor because of his all Big 12 caliber play. He also earned it through the hard work he put in to overcome injuries and through his ability to lead others. Okay. Okay. So he's a leader. And that, that's it's a quality I can get behind because the Bills are always about getting leaders, they're always about getting the next guy to come in here and show people how to do what they do, put them in the right positions. 
this could be a steal. It could be it could be a steal. He could be better than Chanel. But dude, Chanel was like six two, two thirty-three, tackling machine, blowing through freaking the offensive lineman. Like he was an animal. He was an animal. And he had a monster game in the Sugar Bowl. That's good. That's a good sign. I don't know who played in the Sugar Bowl though. But that's a good sign. That means that against better competition, he fared well. So that's good. Um, I'm still not loving the pick, but I hope it grows on me. Like, I could be wrong, and I'm totally, totally, totally fine with being wrong. Let me be wrong. That's cool. All right. So the next pick was Khalil Shakir, wide receiver, Boise State. Now, Khalil Shakir was a fifth-round pick. We didn't have a fourth-round pick because we used the fourth-round pick to trade up to get Elam. Right here, Khalil Shakir is from Marietta, California, and he's six foot one ninety. Six foot, he's one ninety. Uh, he ended his four-year career at Boise State with two hundred eight receptions for two thousand eight hundred seventy-eight yards. Uh, 20 touchdowns, also had 71 carries, 414 yards, and four touchdowns. So, Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir is a slot receiver, mostly. And he's kind of a bigger one, too. He's six foot 190. So, Cole Beasley, if you all remember, was five foot eight. Five eight. Right? Give me one second. One second, guys. Okay, false alarm. There's a there's a thunderstorm and my dogs are outside. And my boys were not answering my my daughter. So here we go. Uh, we talked about his his, his college uh, his college numbers, right? So his college numbers. Solid numbers. He's a slot receiver. He's a bigger slot receiver. He's rangy. He's long. He's tall. For that position, you can't be mad at it. Cole Beasley's gone. You get younger at the position on a contract that's controlled financially. And this kid went to Boise State. Boise State, when I was younger, was a very good college. They had good talent, quarterbacks, wide receivers. Uh, running backs, they had a lot of guys. I remember uh, one of their quarterbacks, uh, Jared Zabransky. He was in the cover of NCAA back in the day. And then they also had uh, the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, Kellen Moore, was a quarterback there. That state produces good football. That, 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 that school produces very good football. And I am I'm high on this kid because the potential that he has – is through the roof. It's through the roof. He doesn't drop a lot of passes. He gets the ball. He can make yards after the catch. Yeah. I got I got nothing but praise for this pick in the fifth round. I thought this guy was gone at the end of the third in the middle of the fourth. That's that's the range I had him at, and we got him in the fifth. We moved up to get him too. So 
Beautiful pick. Here we go. Here we go. I got some comments. I'm going to go ahead and pull up. Let me see. Terrell Bernard allowed zero TDs in 983 coverage snaps. I'll take that. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, I'll take that too. All day, every day. I will take it. Bean obviously preferred Bernard over Chenault. I trust Bean's judgment. He found Milano. Okay, so it's not Chenault like as in LaVisca Chenault. It's Chenault. It's almost like Chanel, but the E and the A are backwards. So it's C-H-E-N-A-L. Uh, I do trust Bean too, which is why I'm not that mad at it. Like he didn't take who I wanted. I'm not a general manager, right? So I'm not really that mad at it. But Tremaine Edmonds' contract here. Unless we plan drafting another rookie next year or paying Tremaine Edmonds ridiculous money to be here, Chanel would be the better pick, in my opinion. But if this guy can cover and tackle and hasn't allowed a touchdown, I mean, he might be the guy that we got to go at Kelsey. That might be his job. And let's see. Shakir is going to be special. I do too. I do too. My man came over here with it. So some analytics show he could go outside her slot. Well, he has the size to be either, right? Stefan Diggs is 5'11", 6 foot, maybe 6'1". He's the same size as Stefan Diggs. It's all about development. Can they develop him to be an outside guy? Maybe. Maybe. Technical difficulties. No, it's it's raining now. Like we have a storm going through, and yeah, it's it's a thing. Boise State had the blue field, I believe. Hard to look at. Yes, it is. Right, it's Boise. It's it's it's. Was it Idaho? Boise, Boise, Idaho. And sorry, it's not Kentucky. Right, leave the bluegrass to Kentucky. Let them have it. I don't like it. And I heard some draft gurus had him. As late day two, early day three. That's what I was saying. He's uh, To me, he was a mid-fourth to late third. That's where I had him. So, yeah. And we got him in the fifth. So, kudos to Brandon Bean and the, you know, the scouting staff. Kudos to all of them. I'm glad that we, you know, got some value. We got value just about everywhere. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very glad that we got the value. Next guy, next dude we drafted, the punt god. Now, he finished his career at San Diego State on one of the school's best special teams players, or, or as one of the team's special, best special teams players. He's six foot two, 200 pounds. The man ran a 4.72 as a punter. Like, we, we had Brian Mormon, so we've had faster punters in Buffalo. But the dude can punt the ball 17 miles. You know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Can literally punt the ball and go from the 25 all the way to the 10. Like He, he, he can punt the ball damn near all, all the way across the field. He's literally got the leg version of Josh Allen's arm. He's originally from San Diego, California. He went to Rancho Bernardo High School. He's six foot two, two hundred pounds. San Diego State, obviously, we already went over that. 
Uh, let's see. If you haven't heard, Arise is a guy. A guy's guy. Okay, so Arise became the first player in San Diego State history to win a major award in football on his or as he took home the Ray Guy Award as the nation's best punter in 2021. Jesus, Louise, help me out here. 2021 took home the first award, the first national award in San Diego State history. Right? Nicknames the punt god after becoming or after booming two 80-yard punts. Yeah, like I said, Josh Allen's arm in his leg just destroys the ball. Like, they got to replace that thing every time he kicks the ball. Uh, a lot of guys really wanted this guy, and a lot of the draft gurus were saying he wasn't going to be here past the fourth or fifth round. And two punters went before him, and I think it's because those punters had more time as starters on those teams. Uh, Arise actually got benched in 2020. But what did he do? He went in there, he put in the work, he got better, he got more, uh, he's got his mechanics down, he showed the progression, and he took his job back. Took his job back, and now he's here. Sixth round pick to Buffalo. You, you can't really fault him for not being as good early, but can you get better? That's really the important thing. That's what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott look for. Progression. Work. Also, I've seen a lot of stuff on Facebook and Twitter talking about uh, Matt Hawk is the holder for Tyler Bass and that this guy's never held ball before. Apparently, he had said that he knew that in the NFL he was going to have to hold, even though he didn't in college, and that he practiced it all year this year. So that's the thing. Ariza said he'd been working on holding for kicks a long time ago. So... If he's been working on that for a year, even though he hadn't done it in games, practice makes permanent. You go out there, you do it right, you learn it, and if you got a year of practice before you got there to do it the first time, look, Matt Hawk is as good as gone, and most Bills fans want him as good as gone. We want him out of here, right? He shanks too many punts. When he does get a good punt, it's a good coffin corner punt, but they're, like, I forget what game it was, but he had two shanks in a row, and I was like, Jesus. And then he had a good one. I was like, oh, snap. Okay, cool. He didn't shank that one. But, yeah, no, we can't have that inconsistency. right? This team is too good to lose on a punt. We need the punts to be good. We need them to be great. We need everybody to be high quality and high caliber and high character on this team. That's exactly what the Bills have gone after. Kyrie Elam. High quality, high character, high athleticism. James Cook. High quality, high character, high athleticism. The linebacker, I'm not sure of yet. I'm not. I'm just not there yet. But Khalil Shakir, high quality, high character, physical traits. There's, there's no way around that. And my man Daniel Garis in the comments had mentioned what I was talking about. Ariza has begun working on holding for kicks and working on his hang time. That's how he got his job back, working on his hang time. And that's how he got selected as an NFL punter, letting him know, hey, look, I know I'm, I got a hold, and I've been working on it. Like, I've been practicing it. I've been learning how to do it properly. That's what you want. You want your guy to be putting in the work. Josh Allen didn't get great not putting in work. He worked with our coaches in the offseason to work with Jordan Palmer. He went out on his own and learned the skills he needed. He got his mechanics down pat. You want your guys to do that. That's what this guy does. He goes out there. He does it on his own. He practiced it. And he, it wasn't even his job. He didn't have to hold. But he did. So kudos to you, kid. Good luck. 
please, please, oh, please come out here and, like, nuke this ball down the field and take this guy's job. Take his job. Only player in any of my mocks that we drafted. Uh, only player that you picked. Hey, man, you got you to gotta put some work in on that. <laughs> You'll get there. Hey, man, most of us are wrong 90% of the time. I think I got two guys right on one of my mocks, and they were Khalil Shakir and uh, Kyer Elam. That was it. Everybody else, off the... Nothing. So, uh, Riza was the punter and kicker this season, so he can back up Bass. There you go. So, if Bass gets hurt, you have a, you have a punter who can kick. And who are our kick and punt returners? Oh, that's a tough one. So, apparently, Khalil Shakir can return kicks and... I did read. I did read up on that. He he can return kicks. He's he's, he's a decent special teamer. Uh, yeah. And then we have Stevenson and McKenzie. So I'm hoping that Stevenson can improve on that, or that McKenzie can take that job, or if Khalil Shakir comes in here and is just a burner and can just not fumble the ball. That Kalusha Kier can do it. So there's, that, that question is unanswered thus far. We are unaware of who our return man is. Good question. I don't have the answer. He's a punter who is not afraid to tackle as well. I did see that. I saw his highlight video, the punt guy video on YouTube. And this guy's out there hitting. He's a hitter. I like it. He's not afraid to hit. No, sir. He will run down in coverage and outrun the coverage at times. Get past blocks and just nail somebody. So. Hey, I'm all for it. Let's go, punt god. Welcome to Buffalo. Welcome to Buffalo, Matariza. We are super excited about this guy. Like, Bills fans have been all over it. We need to get the punt god. We need to get the punt god. And then we got him in the sixth. And everybody said he's going to be a fifth. Don't care. We got him. He's ours. He's our guy. He's going to lead the damn NFL in hang time and punt distance and all that good stuff. Now, the next player we took. It's kind of a lot to talk about with the next guy. And it's Luke Tenuta, right? Virginia Tech, played tackle. In the NFL, he's probably going to be a tackle. Uh, maybe he could play the guard but position, but we'll see. Um, he is six foot eight, 319 pounds. He's 22 years old, born in September 1999. Jeez, I feel old. Uh, from Crozet, Virginia. Uh, went to Western Albemarle High School, and then obviously Virginia Tech. In 2021, started 12 games, 11 at left tackle and one at right tackle. He earned all ACC honorable mentions, right? He didn't win at all ACC, right? He's Otherwise, he probably would have been picked higher. Uh, during the 2020 season, was part of a Tech offensive line that helped the Hokies produce an ACC best 240 2,401 rushing yards or no, excuse me, 240.1 rushing yards per game average. It's hard to read this thing. Sorry, guys. He helped Tech average a school record 5.58 yards per carry. So this guy knows how to run block. He can get on the front and put somebody flat on their ass so your running backs can go. Right. Um, my man Daniel Gari says, the rest of the draft picks are all depth practice squad players. Probably. 
Honestly, I thought we would trade up a whole bunch and, you know, only have four or five picks because I didn't think eight guys were making the team. But Bean did say, I took guys who I think have potential to make the team. I think you're supposed to say that as a general manager. But, you know, who am I to judge on that? Uh, but this guy's uh, father is a very well-respected coach in college football. See, uh, his dad, Joe, or John, Say John played three years of college ball from 1978 to 1980 prior to joining the collegiate coaching ranks. Growing up all around the game, Luke got to see the game from a unique point of view. Coach's son. I mean, there's a lot of coaches' son who play the game, but being that this guy's athleticism isn't there, He is a efficient pile mover, right? He he doesn't waste steps. He doesn't, you know, do anything that's not efficient and effective. He may not be the strongest, fastest, you know, most dominant power guy, but the guy can get the job done. He, he's probably going to end up being either a backup. You know, he's going to have to battle Tommy Doyle for that spot. That that last tackle spot is going to be between Tanuta and Tommy Doyle, and we're going to see. We're going to see because you know Tommy Doyle, he's had a year in the system, so he's ahead on that. But if Tanuta comes out here and is just more effective, you could see Tommy Doyle end up on the practice squad instead. You can see Tommy Doyle get cut. You can see somebody scalp him from the team. Uh, we we lost uh, Jack Anderson last year after we drafted him. Uh, I forget who picked him up, but yeah, he he was he was scalped real quick. As soon as he's a practice squad. So some of these guys are going to be practice squad bodies, and some of these guys are really going to make the team. I mean, it's a six-round pick, and it's not the punter, so I, I, I would say who cares, but I, I do kind of care. I do kind of care. Next guy. This one here um, confused some people, right? He's a six-foot one, 205-pound corner out of Villanova. His name is Christian Bernard, or not Bernard. Um, uh, you know what? I have his name here. What am I doing? Christian Benford. There we go. Christian Benford out of uh, Villanova. He ran a 4.46, so his speed is solid. He's just a, a hair faster than Tredavious White is. Uh, honestly, they said that he projects more to be a safety than a corner, potentially, because he doesn't have the twitch speed, you know, getting in and out of breaks. His three-cone drill wasn't that great, which is why he's a six-round pick. And if you think that he's going to have to change positions and you're going to have to teach him that, he's probably a practice squad guy. He's going to be a guy that is going to have to be schooled on his new position if he is going to be a safety. And if he's going to be a corner, he's going to be a corner, then, you know, he's going to have to really work on his craft there too. So it doesn't really matter where we put him. And being that he needs he needs work, he's probably not going to be, you know, a guy that makes the fifty three man roster. We have other corners out there here. We got Trey White, we got Kyrie Elam, we got uh, Taron Johnson, we've got uh, Dane Jackson, we've got um, Elijah Griffin, uh, Nate. I forget his last name. I forget Nate's last name. Uh, 
um, Nick McLeod. We, we've got guys, Cam Lewis. We've got other guys on the team who have played in the NFL games, have NFL snaps, and have fared pretty well. This guy's probably going to be on the practice squad. And I don't think he's going to be pitched uh, pillaged from us because he went to Villanova. More of a basketball school, not so much an NFL school. You know, the uh, the ability to learn is going to be his best friend if he has it. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to leave it that as. Uh, I'll go over a recap at the end, Miss uh, Mahelani Martin. I think I said that right. It's either Mahelani or Mahilani, if I'm right. But I'll, I'll go over a brief recap at the end. No worries. If you if you stick with me, we'll get there. But, yeah, this guy, Christian uh, Benford, he's going to need some work. He's going to need some time to develop practice squad. I think every team in the NFL is going to know that. And that's just where he's at. There's not a lot to say about him. Uh, I didn't see a lot of, you know, information from him. Aloha. Aloha. Hawaii. I had a good friend of mine who uh, I served with in the military. Her name was uh, Baskar. And she was from Hawaii. And she's very nice. She lives pretty close to me now. But she's she's a very, very sweet lady. Every Hawaiian I've met. My wife's got a good friend from, from Hawaii named Patricia. Uh, her husband's in the Army. So awesome. Awesome. Nice to have some Bill's friends from Hawaii in here. That's that's awesome. That's crazy. Um, it well, sounds crazy. I was in Alaska stationed up there for a while. And uh, there's a ton of Bills fans up there. That makes more sense because it's cold. But Hawaii, like that's that's awesome. Thank you for being a Bills fan, and thank you for being here in our video. We hope you subscribe to the Built in Buffalo Network, or you know, join our Facebook page, join the YouTube channel, whatever it is you want to do. However you want to get this content, we're, we're happy to have you. I appreciate it very much. It's awesome. All right, so Christian Benford, I think we're done with this guy. Uh, he, he's developmental talent, uh, and I personally, I think the guy after him. Is a little more interesting, but at the same time, kind of bland. So we'll go into the ghost. Balen Spector, linebacker, Clemson, ran a four six forty. He is six foot two thirty three. So on the height side, he's not that tall, right? For a linebacker, you're looking usually six two, six three, six four. Uh, you got your smaller guys like Matt Milano, who's six two. Uh, we drafted uh, Terrell uh, Ben Bernard in the third round. He's a little undersized, but they're taller than this guy still. You're very welcome. My son David is a Bills fan in Kailua, Hawaii. Okay, okay. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, hopefully you are too. Hey, Molly, you got to go lay down. Nope. Yep, go lay down. Or sit, you're fine, whatever. We have a guest. Um, but Balen Spector, right? He played at Clemson, so he's a big school guy. Uh, solid linebacker there. Clemson kind of took a step back this coming year, this past year, right? He played in 53 games during his collegiate career with Clemson. Finished his career with 210 career tackles, 220 for loss. Wow. Hang on, what? That doesn't make any sense. 22.0 for a loss. Okay. I was like, it, it can't be 210 career tackles and then more for loss than than um, he had before. Molly, go lay down. Go lay down. Uh, he ranked 
school on the team. What? Ranked second on the team with his 85 tackles during the 21 season. Okay. Solid linebacker in college. Nothing to write home about. Seventh round pick. That's what this guy is. Right? Uh, in the Spectre family. So he's got actual school ties uh, through his family. Right? Familiar ties to Clemson. Looks like, what is it? Uh, in the Spectre family, there is one thing. That brings everyone together above everything else. That's Clemson football because it's become a family way, right? So that means that he's got relatives who went to Clemson, who played at Clemson. Whatever they did, they got ties to that school and they love Clemson, right? Smart kid, but his measurables were not that great. His 40 times not bad. 4 6 for a linebacker isn't bad. It's a decent 40 time, but his lateral movement. And his short stature is kind of why he fell this far. Uh, he might have been a fifth-round pick if he had those things. But because his measurables, his three-cone drill, you know, his probably his 10-yard split. I didn't get a lot of information on this guy. Sorry, guys. But he was a solid linebacker, and maybe he can grow into more. But seventh-round pick is probably a practice squad guy, most likely. If he comes out here and shines... Like if he, he comes out here and proves me wrong, which I don't, I wouldn't say wrong because I'm not expecting much because he's seventh round pick. Go Bills! I'm always a big fan from Maui, Hawaii. Ooh, Maui! You're welcome. You couldn't help it. Sorry, love that movie. Um, but yeah, if he comes out there and produces and proves, you know. The naysayers wrong, which are the people who skipped on him in the draft, including the Bills all the way to the seventh round. If he can prove them wrong and light it up, you could have a Tremaine Edmonds replacement in this guy, but I just don't think he has the length for it. Like, that's that's the thing is the length, the, the height. You know, like, I'm harping on it, but that's that's true. That's just what it is. You know, you can't teach height. But if he's a dog, then he's a damn dog. And I'm happy to see him. On the field, if he's a damn dog. We'll see what he can do. Uh, apparently, he's a special teams guy, so he'll be out there, and he'll be an ace for us. Throws a little dry. But I'm, I'm happy, you know, that we addressed two of the positions I was really concerned with, which was linebacker and corner. I'm also happy that we went and addressed wide receiver, get to another speed guy on the team. This draft was focused mostly on speed. If you look at the guys we, we took, right? Look at the guys we took. I'm going to go through their names again here, right? Balen Spencer. In the, sixth, in the seventh round, we got a linebacker who was a 4 6. It's a decent speed for a linebacker. Very decent. Matt Milano's like a 4 6 7, 4 6 8. So he's faster than Matt Milano. Christian Benford, 4 4 6, cornerback, potentially safety. Now, as a cornerback time, it's about right. It's about right. Trey White ran a 4 4 7. So he's a smidge faster than Trey White. But if you look at Dane Jackson, he ran like a 4.68. If you look at Levi Wallace, he ran a 4.67, 4.69. I think it was either one above or one below Dane, right? Those were our two starting corners in the playoffs last year. Now we're getting to Redavious White back, who's a 4.47 guy. You got Kyrie Elam, who we'll discuss in just a second again. We'll recap. And we got Christian Benford, right? Christian Benford ran a 4.46. He's not, he's not starting. That's not happening. As a safety, big nickel maybe, potential. Not fast, but he's a tackle. He doesn't have to be fast. So, again, he, he makes every step count. He's efficient. He's effective. 
solid guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go put, the, put these guys back up here. Put it back up here. Yep. He's a. He, this is our guy. Four four six. This here's our big guy. He doesn't look fast. Like he just doesn't look fast at all. The Bass and Ariza are going to have a competition on who can make more tackles this season. Dude, Bass is a dog too. Bass is a freaking dog. He's a manimal. I love Tyler Bass. Anybody who doesn't love Tyler Bass, you can kick rocks. Okay. And there's Matt Ariza, our punter. We just drafted him. He ran a four seven two. Now he doesn't have to be fast either. He's a punter. But he's a willing tackler. And he's just a smidge slower than Matt Milano and Dane Jackson. Just a smidge. I think point four or 0.04 seconds. If Matt Milano ran a four six eight, then yeah, 0.04 seconds slower as a punter, right? So he's not some slow dude who's not going to be willing to stick his nose in there. I've seen him make tackles. The guys, the guy can play, and he can he can tackle. So happy to see that. Let's see, and we got Khalil Shakir, right? Our wide receivers. We didn't. We didn't have a lot of speed. Steph Diggs was like a four four eight. Gabe Davis is four five three or four five four. Uh, freaking McKenzie, I believe, was a four three guy. Right. That's that's one. That's like a third receiver. You got a uh, Jameson Crowder, who I I don't know. I didn't look it up. Like he was a free agent. He signed a one year deal. He might not even make the team after this pick. You never know. Um, but I I think they will because they like their veterans. So. And he might be able to beat out McKenzie for that spot. Um, but yeah, more speed here. Four four three. Very good time. Especially for a slot guy if he's a slot guy. And if you can play outside, he's still faster than Diggs. If if I got Diggs' time right. I mean I'm gonna Google Diggs Diggs' four forty time just because. Stefan Diggs. Forty time. Four four six. So yeah, he's faster than Diggs on the track. You know the field's different, so we'll we'll roll with that. He's faster than Diggs. This guy did not participate. He didn't participate in the forty yard dash, but his play speed appeared to be fast in a little bit of film I watched. I didn't watch much. I saw a little bit of a highlight reel, but I was upset because we didn't take Leo Chanel, and that's where I'm at. I'm probably gonna go ahead and look at it here shortly. Just because I owe it to him, we drafted him. He's a Bills player, um, but I was upset with the pick, and I really have not done too much digging on this guy. But James Cook, four four two speed, right? He's a pass catching back. He's another weapon for Josh on running downs. If he's not on the field, it may be obvious that we're running the ball, but he can he can run the ball. He can run the ball. He's got a lot of tread left on the tires, and the kid. He can flat out play. Long as he doesn't have the injury troubles of his brother, I'm happy to have him. Give me this guy all day as the one-two punch with Devin Singletary. Uh, this, I think, somebody told me that this spells the end for Devin Singletary. I disagree. I think it spells the end for Zach Moss. Devin Singletary might get paid to stay, uh, and when I say might get paid, I mean like three to five million dollars a year, 
not the crazy $70 million contracts. Devin Singletary hasn't put in that level of work, not even close. Right? Devin Singletary might be a one-year, $3 million rental for one more year. Devin Singletary is not there. right? And I love Devin Singletary. He runs with passion. He runs with heart. He can shake you out your shoes. You know, If you're in a phone booth with him, you will not touch him. Devin Singletary is that dude. But his long speed is not there. He ran a four six something at the at the combine, and you know that's just where motor's at. Motor motor is motor because the wheels keep turning. That's why he's motor, right? He's not motor because he's a Ferrari, right? He'd be Ferrari then. We'd call him that. If anything, he's more like tractor, right? He he goes out there, he grinds out the hard yards. He'll run you over if he has to. He's not. It's not what he's great at. He's not really great at anything, but he's very good at most things. Speed not being one of them. But he picked up later in the season. So with Brian Bates coming back, adding Roger Saffold, the guards are now solidified, Mitch Morse in the middle, Spencer Brown, after a year of experience, plus a healthy Deion Dawkins, not coming off of COVID this year, please. We should see some better uh, run game earlier on in the season. There should be more production from the run earlier on. And now with the one-two punch of speed and power that is James Cook and Devin Singletary, I'm game. I'm ready to see it. And if Devin Singletary goes off for 1,000 yards this year, give him the $5 million for four years, you know, $20 million over four years, I, I'll do it. I, that's, that's a reasonable running back contract to me, right? These $90 million deals for Zeke Elliott, what has he done? Not a damn thing, right? Sorry, he hasn't. He's been trashed since he signed his deal. Christian McCaffrey, $60 million guaranteed, I think it was. What's he been? What's he done other than see the damn doctor? Not a damn thing. Nothing. Derrick Henry signed a two-year deal. He got hurt. Derrick Henry got hurt. The bruiser, the tank, the unstoppable force got stopped. Right? It is what it is, you know. Let's see, uh... Bernard's a quality backup to Milano with upside that he will be able to fill in for Edmonds for a short time. Yeah, I think he's more of a Klein replacement, like he, which is why I wanted Chanel because Chanel would be a guy who goes in there and has the size of a Klein and an Edmonds versus the size of a Milano. But if he's a tackling machine, I don't give a damn. Like, if he's a hitter, be a hitter. There have been small hitters before. I remember Sheldon Brown, cornerback from the Eagles back in the day, when he lit up Reggie Bush. Love that 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 play. He thought he was good. He got up. He wasn't good. He wasn't good. See, Motor will be here this season, but I doubt he's brought back. I don't doubt he's brought back, but it's going to be at a uh, at a very specific number, right? He's, they're not going to bring him back for a super expensive contract. He's not going to garner that. His wage is going to be in the three to five million dollar range if he stays, and that's if he wants to be here. If he wants to go out there and test the market. He may not get offered that. He may get offered more. Right? He may he may be of value to a team like the Colts that want to give Jonathan Taylor some reprieve every now and then. You don't want to run Jonathan Taylor to the ground. You want to give him some some time to. The heck. What in the world? All right, so I'm not sure what's going on here with my camera. 
Just give me a second to fix that. No big deal. There we go. Now y'all saw my pants. They're checkered or flannel, whatever. <laughs> but um, just so you guys know, I'm doing this on my Xbox. It's the most powerful machine I have in the house, so it is what it is. But motor, motor will be here this year, this season. Uh, I'm not sure about next. You know, I'm not sure about next either, but I think it's possible. So motor is making. Making the first guy miss, yeah. Motor motor is very good at making the first guy miss almost every time. Like if if you don't have elite tackling, you're not getting him down the first guy. It's not happening. And motor can't run over anyone, but he can carry them ten yards down the field while trucking someone else. So I've seen him run over some people, but not linebackers and, and defensive linemen. He's not doing that. It's not what he's doing. And it says Zeke has regressed. Ever since he signed that ridiculous deal. Yeah, he got $90 million, and then he's done what? Not a damn thing. I'm sorry, but Zeke Elliott's contract wasn't worth it. Uh, David Johnson from the Cardinals, who's now a Texan, same thing with him. Every time they pay one of these running backs, they get hurt. The only one, the only exceptions I can think of right now are Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook. That's two out of, like, eight or nine. No. No, 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 no. Devin Singletary, five years, $20 million for, for a year, guarantee him half of it. I'm fine with that. That's totally within the realm of possibility and understanding for me. I would do that. I'd make that deal in a heartbeat. But anything more than that is an overspend. At that time, you got to say, Devin, go out there and look for your deal. If you have something that we're willing to match, we'll match it. And I think that most of the players that leave the Bills understand that and are very, very happy to give the Bills a chance to do so. I think we've lost one guy under those terms, and it was Levi Wallace. He's a Steelers fan. He grew up a Steelers fan, and he decided that he was going to go to the Steelers because his shorts were yellow and black. He was wearing yellow and black shorts, and that's it. Like, all right, well, if that's how you came to your conclusion, bye. Like, because that's that doesn't sound like a smart way to make decisions. But be happy. Uh, I still love. I still love the guy Levi Wallace. He he did very good for us, but. Yeah. There we go. Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. He he didn't get a big deal, but Saquon Barkley was the second overall pick, so his contract was actually like top five among running backs when he signed it because, because of how much guaranteed money it was. So guaranteed money-wise, he was in the top five. All got hurt after getting paid. Yeah, facts. And that's, that's generally why I don't like taking running backs in the first round. We didn't. We took this guy in the second round. Oh, snap. I'm learning I can boop. And we have our last guy that we're going to go over. Kair Elam. So, Kair Elam, 439 speed, the fastest defender on our defense. We have Tredavious White, who ran a 447. I already went over some of the other times with you. Uh, freaking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dane Jackson ran a 46 something. Uh, Taron Johnson, he ran faster, but he's, he's a slot guy. Uh, both our safeties are 4'6 guys. This is our fastest defender right here. So when it comes down to it, this guy right here is going to help us change 
that Chiefs game, that 13 seconds where we had two slow-ass corners in the field and two safeties and all of them are 4-6 or slower and none of them can catch the cheetah. And that's really the play that really burned our butt was when they hit that slant and Levi Wallace just couldn't keep up and then neither could Matt Milano or Jordan Poyer or Levi or uh, Dane Jackson. No one was catching that kid. No one was catching him. And the fact that they went and said, you know what? We can address this. If Trey goes down, we don't want to be out there with our butts in the wind anymore. We're not trying to have that. We're not trying to have two slow corners out there trying to scheme them into the right positions because that's what you're supposed to do as a coach. You're supposed to scheme them into the right position. That's your job. Your whole job is to make sure that these guys are in the right spot at the right time. They know how your defense operates. They know schematically what you do. They know where you're supposed to be. That's what your coach is supposed to be. But when you don't have great athletes, you still can fall victim to those types of things. And we did. That's really what did it. Before the 13 seconds, you can say 13 seconds all day. Um, would it have been worse if we press man covered them or we ran a press zone and then the cheetah gets past our whole defense again, scores a touchdown, and then we don't go to overtime? I mean, it could have been worse. It, re- it really could. Now, one thing that was bad is they were guarding the sidelines, which is dumb. It's dumb. They had two timeouts. They didn't need a sideline. The sideline was irrelevant. So they should have been, you know, watching the short flats and the uh, the, the middle of the field more. Let them get out of bounds. Who cares? If he runs a four-second play, gets out of bounds, but he doesn't get any yards, no one cares. So that part, I think, was where they messed up. But, yeah. Yeah, we got ourselves another whippersnapper here. But this guy's playing a position he knows how to play. He's not going to be out of position. So now, now, now that the Bills have athletes, like uh, my man Charlie used to tell me that Tre'Davious White wasn't a very good athlete, and I was like, I've seen videos of him in college. I don't know how you can say that. He ran a four four seven, and that's that's a thing. But Tre'Davious has ups. He's got speed. He doesn't have elite speed, but he's got speed. Four four seven is not slow. And Tre'Davious White has instincts. Very good athlete. Side to side, to side movement, very good. He he is a little awkward in his movements. Uh, reminds me of if Stevie Johnson played corner, but faster. But with this here, that whole 13-second stuff doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. If you have this guy, heck, the the Bengals beat them with Eli Apple at one side corner. And what, is he, what, what does Eli Apple have going for him? He's fast. He ran a 4-4-0, 40-yard dash. See this guy right here? You see this time? See this time down there? 4-3-9. That's what you need. They don't even have Tyreek Hill anymore, so we're not worried about that. But they did pick up a fast corner in this draft, or a fast wide receiver in this draft. They picked up another speed guy. I forget who it was. Was it Sky Moore? Might have been Sky Moore. They're not going to be without speed. They're not going to be without speed. And now we got to play Tyreek Hill twice a year with the Dolphins. They should have either pressed the wide receivers or or get rid of all the D linemen with DBs and 13. Yeah, but then you're susceptible to the run. And if you press man, then you you leave yourself susceptible to something deep. I mean, Micah Hyde's quick enough to, to make good plays, but he's not quick enough to keep up with the Cheetah. It's just, he's just not. While, while I agree with this partially, like, you still wanted to play deep. 
but you should have been playing the sidelines. The sidelines didn't matter. They ate us up in the middle, timeout, 20 yards, you know, in, in five seconds. Now you got freaking eight on the board. Do another quick thing. They get another 20 yards, timeout, 50-yard field goal, kicks it right through. We go to overtime. We lose the coin toss. That's the game. It is what it is. It is what it is. Whole work crew cheering for the Bills. All right. Make sure you let them know about Built-in Buffalo. You know, we, we always love to have people in here. And as you see, we interact with our guests. If you're in our, in our comments, I'm going to try my best to see what you got. I'm going to do my best to see what comments you're giving us. If you have something positive to say, like, you, like you've been doing this whole thing, or if you have some, like, deep football knowledge and you drop something on me, I'm with you. And I'm even willing to, as I did here, either argue a point or kind of, you know, go through it with you at least. So, yeah, no, let them know. If, they, if they're into it and they want to learn or if they want to know more about the team, uh, me and all the other guys here at Built in Buffalo are for that. That's what we're here for. Uh, some of us are a little more exciting than others. Some of us are a little more pumped than others. I'm a positive guy. I'm a happy guy. And I got energy, bro. I got energy. So, yeah, you can, you can trust and believe that. That's going to be me. Let them know. Let them know. Built in Buffalo. We're, we're happy to have all guests. All guests. And we're not a huge channel just yet. We're getting there, though. We're growing. We definitely are growing. And the good thing about that is, you know, we don't get a whole lot of Super Chats. I give more Super Chats than just about anybody to our own network when I go on our, on our other shows. And Super Chats are nice and all, but, you know, we know we're not there yet. Someday. Someday we'll be there. Someday we'll be beyond that. We're working on it. The crew here at Built in Buffalo, we work very hard. So we, we're, we're very proud of all of our fans. We're proud to have their fa the fans. Hell, we're fans. I'm fan. I'm a fan of most of these fans, like Kim and Spin. And I mean, let me go through the list because there's a lot of them. I'm becoming a fan of you. You're a very positive person. Uh, Daniel Gauries. Uh, David Smith's the new one. I, I, I haven't seen him, but Buffalo fan 716. My man Robbie. I think that's Robbie. Uh, Scott Blakely. Yeah, we got so many people that come to my shows regularly and leave positive comments. And, you know, I have questions. I'll answer them. Thank you. But back to the topic at hand. Kyrie Elam makes this defense better. We were the number one defense last year. We had Kyrie Elam. We had Von Miller, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson. This this defense has the potential to be monumental. Monumental. We all do. We all do. Just to see how how tall he really is, side to side, I bet you he's Yeah. <laughs> you want to get next to Josh Allen just to feel short. Joe Holler. Yep, this is another one that we see every now and then, too. Another fan. Uh, I know this is not draft-related, but what is your guys' take on all the defensive linemen that we signed? Oh, so I was just going over that. Yeah. So my take on the defensive linemen that we got is we got high-value guys at low prices because they were third and fourth on other teams' depth charts. Like uh, Tim Settle. He was stuck on a defensive line that was stacked. They had Ionis. They had uh, Chase. They, who else did they draft? They drafted another one this past year. 
Like they, they were just stacked. He he barely got time on the field, but when he was in the field, according to PFF, he was very effective. Let me go ahead and pull that up for you real quick. Because I do have a PFF account. I don't have a you know one of their big accounts where you spend all that money and get nope, I'm not doing all that. But I do have a, a account, and I get you know some of the premium information. So let me. Lord have mercy. Pull up Tim Settle first, and then I'll share the screen. Share. Share screen. Tab. Share. Here we go. So, Tim Settle. The Washington football team, now the commanders, whatever. Um, solo nine tackles last year, three assists, zero sacks, zero forced fumbles. But if you look at his grades, 70 overall. Run defense, 58.7. But pass rush, 72. He's there to be a three technique. He's not. He's not a one technique. You look up Daquan Jones. These guys just didn't get a lot of time. Solid grades, sixty-four or sixty-six point four. Run defense, fifty-nine point eight. So or fifty-nine point five. Basically, well, we'll say sixty which is a decent score. Pass rush, almost 70. These guys are grading very solidly. They're, they're, they're grading very solidly. They're, they're players who come in here and they got a chip on their shoulder because they were not starters on that old team. The competition is going to be real at defensive line. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to agree with my man David Smith because camp is back at Fisher. I live in North Carolina. Right, but I love going back home to Rochester. And sometimes I'm from Rochester. I went to Gates Chala High School on the west side. Uh, live right off of uh, Lyle Avenue, between Lyle Avenue, Buffalo Lake Road, or not Buffalo Lake, Buffalo Road. There's a place here called Buffalo Lake Road. There's Buffalo Road, Lyle Avenue, and then you have uh, Howard Road. I lived in that area in Rochester. Uh, never got to go to training camp as a kid. After I joined the Army, every year we'd go back to Rochester for the summer, we'd go to training camp. Last few years, that's not been a thing, but I did get to go to the training camp at the stadium, the first one that they opened up. This year, we went to Buffalo uh, to pick up my boys because they were in Texas visiting some family, and then they flew from Texas to Buffalo because we were going to go to Rochester to go spend time with my family, and then my wife surprised me with tickets to the training camp, which was awesome. So, yeah, we also went to Niagara Falls. We had a good time. Uh, let me go ahead and get that off the screen real quick. But, yeah, the competition with these guys is going to be solid. Uh, one of the ones that I'm a little concerned about is Jordan Phillips, right? Uh, he doesn't grade well this past year, but he also was not in a scheme that fit his play style, right? Our scheme didn't the, – the Cardinals scheme did not fit his play style, Still not bad, 62.7, 61.2 against the run, so a little bit better against the run than those guys. And pass rush, 
But in that scheme with Arizona, he just didn't really fit. It wasn't really what he's built for. You know, he's built in Buffalo. He belongs here. This is where he belongs. And he signed a deal that, that showed that. He, he got like what, $3 million for a year. We also brought back Shaq Lawson. I don't think he saw any meaningful slaps, snaps last year. But the last year he played for Buffalo, he had six sacks. And he was very, very good at sealing off the edge. Overall, 58.6. Not great. Run defense, though. 69. That's the number we're looking for right here for Shaq Lawson. On rundowns, he's an animal. Pass rush, not so great. Rundowns, I'll take him all day. Give me that. Henrietta, but friends live off Maple, know that area, get a plate. Oh, yeah. So uh, the opening to my neighborhood is literally directly across the street from Steve T's. Every time we go to Rochester, we have to get a plate. Got to get a garbage plate. It's delicious. In a Rochester kind of way. <laughs> what rookie players do I think we should bring in? Honestly, I'm not a big college guy, so I really couldn't tell you. Um, I think that they should probably bring in some more O-line depth. Uh Maybe some more linebacker depth, uh, some safeties, corners. I don't know how much how many people are on the roster right now, so I, I really couldn't tell you. I can look that up too, though, because I'll just Google Buffalo Bills roster and pull up spot track. ESPN, NFL, CBS Sports, football. No, spot track. Where is it? It's going to give us our salary cap, too. So that's cool. So we have 75 players on the team. We have room for 15 more. Right? 90 players until, you know, cut day. So I would like to see the best players available, but I'd also like to see them focus on certain positions. Uh, offensive line, defensive uh, defensive backs uh, looking at uh, potentially the linebacking core, uh, bring in another camp arm, quarterback. Screw it. Bring another quarterback in so we can see if Barkley's going to be worthy of the spot. Bring in guys who are going to compete. Widemeyer's not included in that spot track. So this, this one says all active players. He might not be there yet. He might not be on there yet. Let me see if I sort by players. White, Tenuta. Well, yeah, White, Widemeyer's not there yet. He's not there yet, but he, he'll be there soon enough. Uh, I don't think it's official for him yet. Yeah, because that's when they get the contract. That's when they can, uh, you know, put their information on their website so we can track it. But, yeah. I like. I actually like that. I actually, I actually do like that. When I'd keep him on the roster, you know, if if we do bring in another quarterback to compete with him, or say, um, they just go to Josh Allen and Case Keenum, and they put Barkley on the practice squad, I would love to have Barkley replace uh, Joe Brady as QB coach when Joe Brady moves up to OC again, because Brady's going to get another job. He's going to become an offensive coordinator again. 
uh, and hopefully he'll have better tools than Sam Darnold and that trash offensive line that exists in Carolina two hours up the road from me. You know, I, I think that he, this place is going to give him the ability to grow. Um, hell, Joe Brady might even become our offensive coordinator if Dorsey lights it up, right? So let's say Dorsey kills it, and in two years he gets signed to be a head coach. Now you have Joe Brady move up. You bring in Matt Barkley as a assistant quarterbacks coach and work up from there. I think that, yeah, I, I actually do like that a lot. Barkley would be a solid coach. He, he just seems like a guy who likes to teach and likes to affect uh, his, his teammates. He's a good leader. I remember that Pittsburgh game when they played, uh, was it Renegade? And he's out there waving his freaking jacket. I was like, yes, yes, give me that. Yeah, I, I do like that. Yeah, system, as you said, system guys, you, you want to keep continuity with the system so you have guys that you bring into the system who can grow within your system. And then when they get promoted, the guys behind them then move forward. It's one of the best ways to build a team. Some teams are factories for that. If you look at coaches like Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, who I can't stand known and here can, but they have a system where they have coaches that when those coaches go somewhere else, they promote from within. And then if that coach gets fired, he comes back and has to sit behind the guy who just got promoted from within. So it's really it's really an interesting thing. But the really, really good coaches have what's called that coaching tree. And, you know, I'm all for it. I'm happy for it. Dork. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Uh, again, that, that's the best way to develop and, you know, keep your system intact and grow it because that's – New coaches move forward. You'll have the playbook grow. You'll have, you know, some things that they didn't like taken out, some things that they do like added to it. Um, and for me, that's that's the way you're supposed to do it. My son over there putting stuff away. But, uh, guys, it has been my pleasure to do this show tonight. We are going on an hour and 25 minutes. Uh, usually about an hour is, is what we do, but, you know, I don't give a damn. I'll do the show for however long. I literally did a draft show that was four hours, and then I did round two uh, with my guys Justin and Jake. Justice and Jake, that was another four hours. I love doing this. I love having you guys. Thank you so very much for being here on the Red Zone Report. It's your man, Izzy. To all of you, my friends, my audience, my fans, and the people who I'm a fan of, God bless you. You have a wonderful evening. Go Bills.